Hello, friends. Welcome to the Planned, Prepped, and Productive podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Stockman, registered dietitian and mom of three, and believer in peaceful, easy, but also homemade family meals. On this podcast, I'm helping moms ditch perfection at mealtime and switch it out for more peaceful meals through prep and planning. On this podcast, we'll focus on four pillars for making mealtime manageable, doable, and if you give it a chance, maybe even fun. The four pillars for more peaceful meals are mindset and self-care, planning and organization, meal planning, and meal prep. This is episode number 62, How to Meal Prep for a Road Trip. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited to be with you today and I'm extra excited to introduce my guest. My guest's name is Katherine Ryan Gregory and she writes and blogs over at To and Fro Fam. And Katherine joined me this week to chat about how we can meal plan and meal prep and just make some extra preparations for our vacation. Um, to kind of take the stress out of the food of road trips and vacationing. I wasn't exactly sure what to expect when I had Catherine on. And to be honest, I wasn't sure I would learn anything. Like I kind of feel like I know a thing or two about cooking, which is why I have this podcast. But let me tell you that she proved me wrong and she shared some really, really useful hacks for making your vacation more enjoyable. With COVID vaccines coming out, I know that a lot of us are really looking forward to the possibility of travel this year. And I think this episode can first start getting you jazzed about it and also help you feel able to travel, especially if you have young kids, which when you have young kids, travel can be exciting, but also really overwhelming. So I think you'll really glean a lot from this episode. Let me just tell you a little bit more about Catherine and then we'll jump into that interview. So Catherine shares travel hacks and kid-friendly destinations to de-stress family travel. She founded the family travel website To and Fro Fam, and she is also the author of Virtual Travel Activities for Kids and Road Trip Games and Activities for Kids. With that, let's go ahead and jump into the episode. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to welcome my guest today. I have Catherine Ryan Gregory here from To and Fro Fam, and she is here to talk to us about meal planning, meal prep for road trips. So she's got a travel blog that I'm going to let her tell you all about, and then we'll dig into her best tips and trips for your road trip. So welcome, Catherine. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. So can you go ahead and just tell me a little bit at first about who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I live outside of Portland, Oregon, and I am a mom to two girls. They're five and seven, and I'm a full-time writer. And part of that is my to and fro fam business. So on to and fro fam.com, as like you mentioned, it's about family travel. I share family travel tips, um, kid-friendly destination recommendations, and basically everything that I can to make family travel a little easier on whoever is planning it and executing it. So that's one thing that I absolutely love to do. Um, And the reason why I started this was I had always loved travel. And then I became a mom. And with my older daughter, we were able to travel quite a bit. Um, And then my younger daughter came along and she um, was more challenging (laughs) than my older daughter. And uh, travel just became, it felt impossible 
And it felt like all of the joy had been sucked out of family travel. So we didn't really do it. Um, and then when I started to get the hang of it and she started, you know, for example, sleeping through the night, um, it became so much easier and so much more fun. And I learned so much and I wanted to share what I had learned with other families so that they could skip over that really messy learning curve um, and go straight to the fun stuff. Awesome. And I, I perused your website um, in preparing for this interview and she's got some really great stuff. We'll drop all of her links, of course, at the end of the episode, but um, I, find travel really overwhelming. I was the same way. My husband and I didn't have kids for several years before we got married. And so we kind of just gallivanted about. And then I remember, again, it was kind of the same story with the first kid. It was like, no, we can do this. You've got the one kid in tow. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, so what can we do? What do we, (laughs) what's worth it to do? So I love that she kind of makes this possible for moms and understands right where we're coming from. So I'm especially excited to talk about food and travel because despite being a food podcaster and blogger, I actually really struggle with this. (laughs) I find it a really challenging topic and I've actually considered talking about this for a while, but didn't really feel qualified. So I was really excited when, um, Catherine reached out to share with you guys how she makes food and travel work. So um, let's just go ahead and jump right in. When it comes to road trips and food planning, um, what do you think is the hardest part that makes it difficult for families? Well, it's funny that you mentioned that you felt overwhelmed because I think that's um, really common. And I think that is the hardest part is that parents or guardians just don't know where to start. It's like, what are we going to eat? Where are we going to stop? Like, what if my kid goes on an eating strike? Like, what if they don't have the foods that we're used to eating? I mean, there are just so many variables that it, it can almost feel like they shut down your brain and it just is like this avalanche. And unfortunately that can stop some families from traveling at all, which um, is just heartbreaking to me. So I'm really excited to share some practical tips for your listeners. Awesome. Yes. And like I said, I think this topic is really needed, even for those of us who maybe have food kind of covered at home. It's like, like you said, throwing all these new variables into the equation can be really stressful. So Um, When it comes to food planning for road trips, um, you've got some tips for packing the food so they're easy to access, safe, and they keep everybody from that dreaded hanger. And I'm really excited to hear what you have to say because that's my biggest issue with a road trip is it's like it starts out organized and by the end it's like the whole car is (laughs) thrown (laughs) apart and everything's everywhere. So can you share your best tips for keeping foods easy to access, safe, and keeping everyone well-fed? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to start out by talking about cold foods, because as you mentioned, it's really important to consider how to keep food safe, not only accessible, but safe. Like nothing would ruin a family vacation more than, you know, a case of food poisoning. So um, actually for packing cold foods, it starts even before you leave for your trip, like even before that morning of, I prep by freezing what we might not need immediately. So anything that you might not need until say the second day of the trip, if you're going on a multiple day road trip, or even if you plan on packing something that you'll eat after you arrive at your destination, freeze it if you can, because that will keep the food 
better, longer, and also it acts as an extra ice pack. And generally, it will have thawed by the time that you arrive. And then when it comes to actually packing the cooler, make sure that you bring it inside before you start packing if you're in warm weather, because if the cooler starts out hot, like if it's been in your garage, then it's going to bring up the temperature of everything inside the cooler. Then when I organize my fridge for going on a trip, I designate a single shelf in the fridge for everything that we're going to bring on vacation. And so I'll put, you know, the snacks or if I have um, some meals prepped and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, everything goes on that shelf and nothing else goes on the shelf. So like the regular day to day food that we just eat, you know, on a regular day, then that sits somewhere else. That way I know where everything is and I don't forget anything when it comes to packing the cooler. Um, and then you mentioned that things start to get disorganized the longer you're on the trip. <laughs> so one thing with packing the cooler is I think about it in layers. So the base layer is like the solid ice. And then on, on top of that goes the stuff that you probably won't need um, immediately. And then some more ice. But then when you get to the top part, the part of the cooler that you actually have access to, you want to pack things on their small side. So like, I'm not sure if you ever read or watched um, the KonMari method. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we've talked if, about that even on the podcast before. So yes, <laughs> my yes. listeners should be somewhat familiar. But <laughs> <laughs> so if you think about how she wants you to um, store your shirts in a drawer, right? So instead of stacking them like layers, instead you sort of stack them vertically, yeah. so that you can kind of like see um, see just like the small portion of everything that you have in there. So it's lined up. If you think about your cooler like that, then you'll be able to see at a glance what you have and where it is without digging halfway down into the cooler. And first of all, getting your hands all cold, making a mess, and then sort of disrupting the disorganization that you started with. Um, and then I also want, like you mentioned the hanger part. Um, I, I laugh because I get the most hangry out of everyone oh, yeah. in my family. <laughs> so I want to, uh, just for selfish reasons, I want to have food easily accessible. So we pack um, sort of an, uh, a larger lunch cooler with stuff that we'll need um, in between meals. So if we're going on a road trip, um, I'll pack some cold snacks in there um, that I can get out for myself and also pass back to the kids without having to stop the car and rummage through the cooler. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's the hardest part. One of the hardest parts for me is I think when you go on a road trip, it's like sometimes you end up just eating completely differently than you do at home because it's too stressful to figure out how to pack those cold foods. So I know for me, it ends up being, you know, lots of carbs, lots of things that make my body feel sick. And then by the end of the road trip, I'm like super hangry and crankier and my everything's crazy. So those tips were so awesome. I loved the tip about freezing things, but that you don't need and using them as extra ice. I think that is like golden. And that helps me. There's been times on trips you want to pack like lunch meat or something, for example, but I, I just shy away from that because of food safety. Right. But freezing it really does help extend it and you can use it when it's ready. So those were Incredible tip. Oh, I, I was just going to um, point out one thing you mentioned, um, lunch meat, and it reminded me, because you know how lunch meat will sometimes come in like the little zippered pouches, like the little zippered bags. 
Um, I recommend not using any of the original packaging when you are packing inside the cooler because nine times out of 10, there's like a little gap in that little zippered part of the baggie and then water from the melted ice gets into that bag and it ruins whatever was inside, um, which is totally defeating the purpose of packing food for a road trip or for a family vacation. So I redo all of the packaging um, when I pack my food. So I'll put it in like an actual freezer Ziploc bag, or I'll put it in um, a sealable Tupperware container, just something that I know is going to be airtight. I love that. And because I mean, that's another thing that I think of when I think of coolers is like, if you have anything like paper, and then by the time the ice is all melted, and you're just pulling things out, and you're like, uh, yeah, <laughs> this is. Yeah, I think that also is a really good point because when you talked about using that stacking method, the KonMari method, that's a lot easier if you're using your own um, storage containers. Then, and it's mm-hmm. also going to take up less space in the cooler, which I think you're always pressed for space in the cooler, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay, awesome. I love those tips. Okay, so. Let's talk a little bit more just about eating on vacation. So eating on vacation, it's supposed to be fun, right? You're like, you can try out all these local places, but often it's a source of stress, especially for young families, because you've got different eating preferences and everybody's kind of out of their environment. So how have you dealt with that in the past? And what are your tips with, you know, dealing with preferences of your family or intolerances, anything like that? Yeah, this is one that I know really well firsthand. Um, So my younger daughter, Maxine, she is a very selective eater. She, um, you know, has her staples and she doesn't really branch out from there pretty much at all, which is a challenge. Um, And then on top of that, she also has a few food intolerances. She's intolerant to fruit, which is a real bummer. And also she um, is intolerant to the mix of potato and grains. So we basically just don't give her potato because she eats grains all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And that can be a real challenge. And I know that families that have um, either specialized diets or intolerances or allergies get really overwhelmed about eating on vacation. And I don't blame them because it does add an extra thing, an extra layer that you have to consider when, um, when figuring out your day. Um, so one thing that I do when we're eating out is I always recommend looking at the menu ahead of time. I will never go to a restaurant on vacation with my kids if I haven't looked at the menu because I just don't know what's going to be on there. I don't know if there's going to be something that my kids can or will eat. And the same goes for me because I'm gluten-free. So basically we're really high maintenance (laughs) as a a food family. Um, And so I just double check that there's going to be something on that menu that everybody in the family can and will eat without a fight. Because you mentioned food is supposed to be fun and the family vacation is supposed to be fun. It's what it's all about. And you're not going to really leave a lot of room for making fun memories with your family if you are, you know, fighting with your kid over taking a bite of something that they don't want to eat. Yeah, for sure. I love that. And especially actually one benefit I think of our COVID environment today is that most restaurants, many more than already had, have put all of their menus online. So it should be really easy to access that. And I think, I mean, in order to do this, I think it's kind of key that 
and this is something that I'm terrible at doing, you look at these restaurants, maybe even before you've like hit the road, you know, like before you've arrived so that you have the chance to look through these menus and make sure that you can find a place. So, yeah, absolutely. And I don't, when I go on vacation with my family, we, I don't plan out, okay, well on night one, we're going to eat this. And on night two, we're going to eat that because that just feels a little too um, constrained for me. And I, and I work full time and I um, don't really want to spend my time doing that. Um, So I do leave room for flexibility, but thinking ahead will relieve some stress for sure. Um, And another thing that I recommend, especially for families with selective eaters, is to think of the meal um, as more of a family style meal. So instead of everybody having their own menu item that they eat all of, you can consider putting a little bit of each meal onto somebody's plate. So for example, if I eat, um, you know, let's say a quinoa salad from someplace, my kids would never in a million years eat that for their meal, but I will put a spoonful on their plate, even if they don't eat it. So at least they're experiencing something new and different. And like you said, it might be unique to the place that we're visiting. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's a really great way to kind of combat the selectiveness too, because suddenly they at least have, you know, five different choices instead of one. So if the thing that they happened to order is not, there it doesn't end up being their favorite they do have some other options and feel a little bit safer in their environment um yeah i recommend family style meals all the time so i think <laughs> that's a really great idea to consider taking it into the restaurant which i haven't really thought about doing so that's awesome um so another thing that can get challenging about eating while on vacation is um, having to eat out and not really being on your own timetable. And I know this is the biggest problem, especially for like, not so much with my own kids, but I remember when I was a kid vacationing with my family, that it was like, we always waited until like the hunger had already started. And it was like, okay, what are we going to eat? But we're all already hungry. So the, like everyone's emotions are starting (laughs) to go a little crazy. So, um, you you recommend a mix of eating out and packing. So can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like, especially where you said that you like to keep it flexible? Um, so can you tell us what this mix of eating out and packing looks like and kind of give us your best tips for that? Yeah, absolutely. So we do a balance of eating out and making our own meals, but I want to just throw in one tip um, about the waiting until everyone is hungry and then panicking because you don't know where to go or (laughs) there's a 20 minute wait at the restaurant. If you are in that situation, I recommend looking at a restaurant's menu, ordering on the phone, And then by the time that you drive to pick up the food, it will be ready. So instead of planning to eat in, then you can just get whatever food that it is to go. And it will be almost immediately ready to eat whenever you arrive at the restaurant. So instead of driving to the restaurant, waiting to be seated, getting the water, waiting to get the menus, then waiting to order and then waiting to get the food, that can be forever. And if you have a melting down child, like that is miserable. So if you order ahead of time and just pick it up, then you're cutting out, you know, 45 minutes of waiting. Yeah, I love that. And I love that that, that tip kind of meets, meets us where we are, right? Like, <laughs> um, you were going to go to a restaurant anyway. You can 
use the driving time and have that time be working for you rather than, like you said, waiting for all those things. Absolutely. So with our, with our personal preference, I think that in terms of finding the balance between eating out and making your own food while on vacation is just figuring out what works for your family. If your kids are adventurous eaters and want to try whatever it is that is in a restaurant, then maybe you'll want to eat out of the restaurant more often than we do. We typically, um, eat at a minimum of two meals that we prepare ourselves each day on vacation. So we might go to one meal out at a restaurant um, or maybe none on a given day, depending on, you know, what's going on. Um, And that is helpful because it's cheaper. Yes, (laughs) It's good for the budget. And also it gives back some control. Um, So especially with the food intolerances and selectivity in my family, it reduces actually a lot of the stress of going on vacation because I know what my kids are going to eat and I don't have to um, try to force them to eat something they don't want to eat, especially after a long day of, um, you know, exploring when the kids end up being a little bit short on patience at the end of the day. Um, And, you know, one thing that I did at one point was, uh, and this is maybe going to sound a little, a little next level or a little extreme was when we went to Disneyland a couple of years ago, I was doing it like on an extremely tight budget and we ended up bringing a griddle into our (laughs) hotel room. And every so often I would prepare a hot meal on this griddle and I would just turn on the bathroom fan, like the vent so that it wouldn't smell up everybody's room. But you know, one morning we made a full hot breakfast with pancakes and eggs. And we fed my family plus my in-laws for, you know, $4. And if we'd gone to an IHOP, even it would be at a minimum of 60. So it, it really does um, make a huge difference. And of course that's easier in a home rental than it is in a hotel room, but it can be done. Um, we actually had to do that recently when we had to evacuate our home um, in the recent wildfires. And we ended up staying in a hotel um, in Washington for five days. And we couldn't eat out every single meal of the day. And so I ended up preparing almost everything in the hotel room and washing, you know, washing all of the utensils and the dishes in the sink. Um, And it really made things less stressful, especially in COVID times when I wasn't sure what precautions were being taken at a given restaurant or, you know, what the community guidelines or norms were. And um, it helped me feel a little bit more in control in a really stressful situation. I love that. I love the idea. So this is actually something that we have done as well. And I will even go as far to say that I will pay 15 to $20 more per night if I can find a room that has even just like a small area that I can prepare food. But I love the idea that even if they don't have a kitchen, a griddle is a great idea. You can bring, you know, a slow cooker would be even work like things like, Oh, I love that idea. I've never tried that. (laughs) Obviously I'd probably stay away from anything like too, (laughs) you know, maybe not like your fryer, but I think like some of those like smaller kitchen equipment items can totally be brought along with you. Um, And another thing that we've done as well while on vacation is um, getting pre-made meals, maybe something like from Trader Joe's, um, but that can be prepared in the hotel room, but that's not going to be like a huge 
undertaking either. So kind of like that in between a little bit more convenient. Yes, absolutely. But I love the idea. I've never brought a griddle to my hotel. So I think that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't even have that sort of like, you know, like uh, food on vacation 301 instead of 101. But even but even a little bit of planning and um, and packing um, detail is will help you prepare food in even a hotel room, even a small hotel room, bringing things like plates and utensils, a cutting board and knife, a sponge and dish soap is a big one. So even if you just pack those few things, it will allow you to make pretty much any meal um, in your hotel room, even if you don't have a griddle or a slow cooker. And I love that you brought up how preparing some things on your own actually reduces stress. And I think this is important to talk about because I know for me that sometimes I get like grumbling about like, you know, people want, you want the excitement of eating out on vacation. And I think that balancing it with things that you prepare yourself can really give you the best of all worlds. Cause I remember vacations where I spent, you know, six hours of the vacation waiting in a restaurant. I'm like, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to spend my entire vacation waiting for them to... It was in New York City, which makes sense. You know, like, it's a super, super busy city. And I just thought this would have been a lot more memorable if we had packed breakfast and lunch and maybe gone and had a special night out. We would have saved money and we also would have had more time to explore. So I think it is really important to kind of see the benefits of preparing some things on your own, even if it's not as exciting as, you know, a restaurant would be, you can kind of leverage that so that you get to enjoy all parts of the vacation and not always be, you know, revolving that around the next meal as much. So I really loved those tips. And, um, I just want, that reminds me, um, of, a different way to think about it. So I think about family vacations, especially with young children, as the kids having like a finite amount of waiting time or like a finite amount of time that they can be on like quote unquote best behavior. And if you want to use that limited amount of your kids' patience while waiting in a restaurant, then that's great. But it's just not realistic to expect them to wait in a restaurant for breakfast, then wait in line at the museum, then wait and wait at the restaurant for lunch, and then wait in line to get on the ferry to explore, you know, Staten Island or whatever it is, um, and then wait again for dinner. Like you are just asking for a meltdown because it's not age appropriate or even really adult appropriate, but (laughs) (laughs) it's a very good point. Yeah. So I would just, um, kind of like think of it as budgeting your kids, your kids, um, patience or attention span or just uh, ability to wait. I love that. And I, I think that is really, really important. And I think honestly, that's how I've had to come to view vacations differently in general, where before it might be, you know, when it was just my husband and I, it was like, I mean, we did Disney World every single park in one day. And that was fun to us. But imagining doing that with my children, I'm just like, <laughs> nope, it's it's a lot more. I mean, now it's like, okay, can we get back to the hotel for a nap? Can we, you know, and I think all of that food included, it's really important to consider your kids needs because they are different than adults. And and maybe deciding each day, like, what is it that's that's important to you? And like you said, save that good behavior or, you know, your children's good behavior for that time. So I really love that. 
Okay. So let's dive into, so meal prep is something I talk about a lot on the podcast and on my blog. So I obviously am a big believer. Um, we've talked about it a little bit already, but um, meal prep can definitely save you some time and money on a road trip. Um, but they provide some special challenges. And again, we've gone over some of these with the cooler, but can you tell us how maybe you would meal prep to prepare for a less stressful vacation? What kinds of things you're meal prepping and filling that cooler with? Yeah, absolutely. This is actually my favorite part um, of our conversation so far, because it feels like something that anyone can do. And it does a huge, um, a huge job of reducing stress on vacation, not only while you're traveling, but also the day of like, it's, it can be really stressful to like get the kids packed and in the car and make sure that everyone has used the potty and, you know, get on your way. But if you do some of this, even just the day before, then it makes a world of difference. So, um, I recommend the things that I'm going to talk about here, I recommend trying to do um, about 24 hours before you leave. So one thing that I do is pack everything in individualized portions. So I don't really pack, you know, a giant bag of pretzels or a big bag of grapes. Instead, I put them in smaller containers so that when my kids are needing a snack, I can just hand them back you know, the little reusable baggie of grapes. And it has, you know, like eight grapes or however much they probably will eat in one sitting. That way I'm not having to portion things out while we're on the road. And I don't have like these huge bulky packaging um, items that are going to take up room and going to be really inconvenient along the way. Um, One thing that I love to do is pack meals in canning jars. So um, you ask, you know, what are the kinds of things that you prepare? Well, I um, have sort of different eating habits and preferences than the rest of my family. And so I'll make meals for myself that I know that I will enjoy. Like I can't really eat a sandwich because of the gluten, um, but I can eat like a quinoa salad or, you know, like some, um, some rice noodles that I made with peanut sauce. And so I'll put that all into its own small ball jar that has, you know, the, the screw top lid. And that way, when it's time for me to eat lunch, then I just have to pull out that little jar. I don't have to prepare anything. I don't have to mix anything or cut anything. It's all ready to go. And the same can be said for, you know, what your kids are eating too. Um, and then along those same lines, if you can put together everything you can ahead of time, like sandwiches are a good example. Um, preparing those ahead of time and even pre-cooking chicken breast, for example. If you cook a couple of chicken breasts, if that's something that your family typically eats, then you can slice that up and put it on some, you know, a pre-mixed salad from Trader Joe's or Safeway, or you can layer on a sandwich or you can just, you know, eat it as a snack. Um, So those kinds of things, whatever you can do ahead of time is going to make your life so much better on vacation. And then um, one last thing, if you do plan to cook, the more that you can prep ahead of time, the better. So for example, when we go camping, we'll make a big foil dinner on the fire. And I don't want to spend a half hour at the campsite when ash and bugs are around in the air cutting and chopping. Like I would rather be playing with my kids. And so what we do is we chop everything and, um, and throw it all in a big bag, including with the seasonings, the garlic and the olive oil and the salt and pepper and whatever else I want to include in it. And then all I have to do when it's time to cook 
is empty the bag into, you know, the foil dinner, for example. Um, and it just makes everything go so much more smoothly. Yes. I am a huge proponent. I love just thinking about meal prep in a different way that it's not always, like you said, part of it is you can prepare full meals that you have ready for you to eat, but it also can be just those like little steps you take cutting something at home, because that's going to be so much more pleasant than cutting it on in your limited space. And most vegetables will last several days after you've chopped them, especially if we're keeping them safe and cool in the cooler, like we talked about. So I think all of those things can really just, like you said, the point of a vacation is fun and family togetherness. And I think too often, just a little bit, or the overwhelm gets to us and we don't put in that extra, just a little bit of extra preparation that will make everything feel so much more smooth and peaceful. So I loved your meal prep tips. And I agree. I think that those are accessible for everyone. And a lot of people I think get maybe overwhelmed about meal prepping at home. It like feeling like they have to do it every single week or, but I think this could be a really good opportunity for someone who's looking to dig into meal prep a little bit to use it, try it on a vacation and just see how, at least in this one instance, it can really affect your life. Right. And like, it doesn't even have to be for the entire vacation. Like if you're going on a week long vacation, then it's not realistic to think that the veggies that you cook, that you cut up on Monday are going to last on Saturday. Um, but even for the first night, like when you arrive at your destination, you're going to be tired from traveling. You're going to be worn out. Maybe you're not familiar with the area. So you don't want to get lost driving to a restaurant. Instead, you know, if you've prepped and put together a simple meal ahead of time that you can just throw together and put on the table for everyone to enjoy, that takes out so much stress. And it just, it's, it's one less thing that you have to think about. So even if you're not into, you know, like griddles in your hotel room <laughs> or, um, you know, prepping a ton of snacks, then at least consider putting together a meal that you can throw together on the first night when you're going to be tired. Yep. And I love too that it even it can help solve any of those problems that other problems that come along the way of road tripping, you know, maybe you got there an hour late or two hours late because you stopped at the bathroom seven times or, you know, like <laughs> so-and-so was car sick or all those things that happen on the road trip, you kind of can have this extra buffer of a peaceful evening once you arrive. So I love that. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge. I have learned a lot myself about things that I can implement in our family trips, hoping that we, you know, get to start traveling again soon with them. Um, so anyway, if my audience takes just one piece of advice from this episode, um, what would that advice be? The one thing that is going to make the biggest difference in making a family road trip or other vacation go more smoothly is doing just some things in advance um, to prep your food. So that might be the day before refilling the little snack caddy in your car. At least that's what I have in my car with the granola bars and the crackers and the fruit leathers and so forth. Um, and and then in addition, like making one dish that you can nibble on for a couple of days, like if it's a big pasta salad or, you know, if it's like a three layer dip with, you know, beans and, and tomatoes and rice that you can eat with chips throughout the day, um, that will that will be a go to food that you can eat when, you know, you might be an hour late, like I said, or you might be stuck in traffic and you're not quite sure where the next meal is coming. 
I love that. And like I said, I've learned a lot, especially after our recent road trip to Oregon, where I learned that there are like no restaurants between Oregon and Utah. And now I know, but at the time I was just hungry. So (laughs) I love that just having those things, expecting the unexpected will really help everyone feel better on vacation. So I'm excited to put some of these things into practice. Thanks again for being here. Where can my audience go if they want to hear more from you? And if you have any other products or services that you're, you think my audience would be interested, you can go ahead, interested in, you can go ahead and plug those. I will drop links to everything she talks about in the show notes. So can you just share where they can hear more from you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I can be found online at twoandfrofam.com. And if you go to twoandfrofam.com slash freebies, I have a whole bunch of resources that are 100% free. Things like, um, you know, road trip bingo printables or um, also free chapters of my books, which are available on Amazon. Um, I have one book called Road Trip Games and Activities for Kids, which is perfect for this conversation. Um, and another one called Virtual Travel Activities for Kids, which is um, which I wrote because my kids were doing remote education um, and I wanted them to learn while learning about the world. Um, I'm also available on all the socials at to and fro fam. Um, Um, I respond to all the messages, so feel free to give me a shout out anytime. And then I also um, offer classes that help take some of the stress out of family vacations. And you can find those at toandforofam.com slash courses. Awesome. So it sounds like you've got lots of resources. Like I said, her website's beautiful and has got lots of great tips, I think, on much more than just food. So hopefully, I think we covered a lot of good ground on food here today. You can check out her other resources to learn more. Thanks again for being here, Catherine, and sharing your expertise. I think that it's going to make family trips a lot less stressful for my families. Thanks. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I hope it made you start thinking about maybe traveling again and also gave you some tools that you'll need to make you feel like it's possible no matter how big your family is or how old your kids are, right? All right. So next week, we're going to be talking about making dietary changes the healthy way. So with the new year, I think a lot of us tend to jump into some diet or some restrictive lifestyle, um, trying to undo all the Christmas treats we ate or something or other. A lot of us also find ourselves on this hamster wheel that's on the wagon, off the wagon, on the wagon when it comes to eating a balanced and healthy diet. So I recently been making some changes and thought that some of the tips and techniques that I've been using might be helpful to you to make some changes if you feel like that is necessary for you, but to make those changes in a way that is mindful and will stick and is not rooted in diet or poor body image mentality, right? So I'm really excited to talk about this with you next week. And until then, thank you so much for tuning in, friends. I appreciate each and every download. Until next week, happy planning.